This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Amen. So thankful that you're in the house of the Lord today with us. Everybody say amen. Won't you stand with me right now to the book of John? It's interesting. I believe the Lord ordered this service for a specific reason. And um, we're going to believe that God will do what he does best here today. Um, I have notes. Amen. John chapter number one. Verse number 29. Everybody say John 1. I appreciate Ren reading out of John 1 today. I felt the Holy Ghost in what he was saying. And thank Brother Runyon for opening up in, in the fashion that he did. And i um, so thankful for the following of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, we might as well read John 1, 1 again. I'm just going to be Ren's parrot right now and uh, speak what uh, a couple of scriptures. Then we're going to read an additional scripture. In the beginning was the word. I like it that the word word there is capitalized. And the word was with God. And the word, that doesn't give you goosebumps. You need to check your Holy Ghost. The same was in the beginning with God. I like the word beginning. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And um, I'm going to just, Ren, you, you hit things right on the head here today, and, and uh, one of the things he said, if you look at the sun and it, how powerful it is, it can really damage, but God spoke that sun into existence with a word. I've, I've always told, and I'm, I'm not just trying to bring light on to Ren. I love this young man so very much. And there's a reason why I like his voice behind this pulpit, because he says things that make sense to me. And he ministers to me, and I appreciate his, his view through the word of God, through his life. He said, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Everybody say Life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness compre- comprehended it not. You can look, and we won't turn there, but you can refer back to Genesis 1.35 on that. Verse number, um, verse number 10, and he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, as prophesied in Isaiah, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of Of God, even to them that believe on his name. The two words I have underlined in that scripture is power and name. Somebody say power. Power. Everybody say name. name. All right, verse number 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Travel down with me to verse number 29 now. And the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. 
which taketh away the sin of the world. How many are thankful for the Lamb of God? Come on, do I have a witness in here? You're thankful for the Lamb of God. Would you put your Bibles down, raise your hands, and begin to thank the Lord that he was the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of this world. Lord, we love you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I'm going to preach to you just for a little while here on the topic of now behold the Lamb. I actually considered developing this message a little bit more and preaching this on Easter, so I may reference a little bit on Easter Sunday as well. But I want to preach to you today, now behold the Lamb. John 1.29, I read that again in your hearing. It says, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That was an announcement upon the scene, and there was a very, a very much biblical context that was going in to that statement. We find that John was speaking to people who understood the lamb and the purpose of a lamb, the purpose and the meaning of what that signified, that this was now the lamb of God. This was the word that was made visible that is now among us, and this is the lamb of God. Revelations 5 and 9 says, and they sang a new song saying, and worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for ye, for you are, were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation. I'm here to tell you today, I'm thankful that the blood of the lamb was sacrificed for me. Revelations 5.12 saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Somebody say amen. Revelations 13 and 8, and all who dwell on earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb that was slain. Isaiah 53 and 7 says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Isaiah is prophesying in the past tense. Everybody say the past tense. He is prophesying in the future, but he's speaking it as though it has already happened. When John the Baptist said, behold the lamb. I said, behold the lamb. He was taking Isaiah's words and he beginning to under, let the people understand. Now we understand and see the invisible God. Now we see the one thing. The word has become flesh. The word is now expressed in humanity. Now behold the lamb. John Chapter number one, verse number 36, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb 
of God. 1 Peter 1.19, but with precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Now behold the lamb. I'm here to tell you today, we don't just serve a God that's out there just somewhere. We serve the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. We serve the name of Jesus Christ. We find in the Old Testament We find that there was a time in the time of Egypt, a time of bondage. The children of Israel were in a place of bondage for many years, many generations, over 400 years of bondage. And we understand that there was the 10 plagues that got the children of Israel uh, out of, 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 of Egypt and how God had prepared Moses time and time again to bring up those plagues. And one thing very instrumental in those plagues, that each plague represented a God to Egypt. Each represented a God that he was taken down in the sight of Egypt. And we find that in this story, if you look in Scripture, and I'm not going to read all the Scripture here today, but... There was a purpose of a lamb in the time of bondage. There was a purpose of a lamb in that time of of that bondage. The Bible says that what was the uh, the Bible teaches us that they they were told to keep the Pascal lamb, the P-A-S-C-H-A-L lamb for four days. Everybody say four days. They would keep that lamb for four days before it was sacrificed. The Bible says that on the 15th day of the month or the 14th day of the month, uh, you're going to sacrifice the lamb. But on the 10th day, in other words, four days before the sacrifice, you're going to bring that lamb and bring it into your home. And you're going to live with that lamb. Now, how many of us would bring a lamb into our home? Maybe. Some of, okay, some of y'all like could bring it on. Bring it on, and we like to have a lamb in the home. One old Jewish proverb told, told a family one time, or it, it, it stated that, that uh, it, a man was complaining about uh, how noisy his house was, and he couldn't get any peace and quiet. Everybody know, somebody know what I'm talking about? Gets so noisy in there, and he said, what you need to do is go out into the barn and bring all the animals in. And he said, then measure how loud and how nuisance it would be. And then when you let the animals out, it's much quieter. Then you will appreciate the sound that you have. And, but we understand that, that this lamb, they would invite that lamb into the home for four days. Somebody say four days. For four days, they would stay in that home. The entire congregation or the community of Israel, they were to take that lamb. All of the Israelites that had a family, each home would take a lamb into their home where they lived. They would take that lamb from the, from the, the stockyards, if you will, or, or the outside and bring it into the home. Now, I did some research, and we find that, yes, the ten, the ten plagues were all gods, but did you know that Egypt also worshipped Sheep worship lambs. They worship the God of the lamb. They had a misunderstanding of what a lamb was really used for. They had a misunderstanding of what was required of a lamb. So when the children of Israel brought the sheep into their home, Egypt got a little bit upset. 
because they announced that Jesus was going or God was going to release them out of out of that out of uh, Egypt and they were going to be taking a lamb into their home to sacrifice in their home for four days with the intention of slaughtering and eating it was an act that was sure to be noticed by all the Egyptians because of all the sheep and the lamb that were now in the homes of the children of Israel. It was extremely likely that they would be infuriated by the disrespect of their God. This world will try to tell you that what kind of God you serve is not the one true God and, and you can serve any way or any how you want to, and we are disrespecting. I've been told that, that I was a heretic, but I'm here to tell you, I am not a heretic. I serve the one true God and I want him in my home. I want him in my life. I want him close to me. It is an act of courage to stand upon the Lamb, to stand with the Lamb. In the face of possible danger, the Israelites brought that lamb into their home, brought that lamb unto themselves because because of the lamb was going to be the reason why they would be getting out of that bondage. I'm here to tell you today, I want to bring the lamb close to me. I want to take that lamb and bring it close to quarters with me and declare to my family, we are going to walk with the lamb. We're going to be sacrificing with the lamb. We want to worship with the lamb because the lamb is going to be the provision for victory in my life. They, in the face of Egypt, they brought the lamb. In face of danger, they brought the lamb in. Nowadays, for the most part, standing up for our beliefs doesn't necessarily, at least not yet, require physical danger. But I'm here to tell you today, where are the people of the name that is not ashamed of bringing the lamb close to them? I said, where are the people today that were not afraid to say, I now behold the lamb. Now behold the lamb. Now behold the lamb that is walking with me and I with the lamb. And I begin to wonder why the lamb. Look to your neighbor and say, why a lamb? Why in the world was a lamb chosen? What does a lamb have to offer? What does a lamb have to do and have to offer the, the, the children of Israel coming out of bondage? The sheep in Palestine and in the vicinity have always been valuable in Scripture because of the important products that were derived from the lamb. One of the first things you can think of when you see a lamb is the wool that is on that lamb. It was wool that had been a valuable product in the Bible lands. In ancient times, most of the clothing which the Israelites wore was made of wool. That tells me that Jesus is the lamb. He is my covering. He is the way. He is the outer garment, if you will. He is the mantle of my life. Uh, the shearing months in Palestine are May and June. The sheep are washed before they are sheared. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I'm thankful that I've been washed, uh, that I've been set free, and I've put on the garment of praise uh, and put on the garment of the Lamb. 
Solomon speaks of a flock of ewes that are new, nearly are newly shorn, which are come up from the washing. The color of the wool varies somewhat according to the color of the animal shorn, but white wool was considered to be the most uh, valuable. The prophet compares sin forgiven with the whiteness of the wool in Isaiah chapter number one. That tells me something I want to identify with the lamb. I understand what John the Baptist was saying. Now behold the lamb, the spotless, sinless lamb of God. The one that has all the preparations that you would need to come out of bondage. From ancient times to modern day, it has often been customary for people to make for themselves coats out of skins of sheep with wool still adhering to the skins. We went, uh, uh, this just popped in my mind, we went, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, axe throwing a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, and they had all these things that you can, these garments that you could put on and act like a Viking. And they had, they had this leather garment that had wool on it. You could put a helmet with horns on it and all that stuff. You could look like a, like a Viking. You could look like an, I, I made myself look like an idiot and all that fun stuff. And, and we had a great time doing that. But you could put on a garment that had the wool or the hair on it to make it look like, you know, you, you, you mean business when you're throwing an axe. And it doesn't, I don't look like I'm making, doing business throwing an axe. I, I don't look very good doing that. But the, the epistle in the Hebrews tells us uh, of the persecuted heroes of the faith, saying some of them that they wandered about in sheepskins. Hebrews eleven thirty seven. The skin of the sheep was at times tanned and then used as leather. But the skin of the goats was superior to that of the sheep for this purpose of protection. Let me tell you something about the lamb. When John the Baptist says, now behold the lamb. In other words, it's a garment of protection he's bringing. It's provision that he's bringing. It's warmth that he's bringing. It's love that he's bringing. It's sustainment that he's bringing. I'm telling you today, now behold the lamb. The Bible teaches us that the sheep were good for meat. Now how many are like lamb? Mm, not too many of us. Sheep were often eaten when meat was desired. For the ordinary person, meat was not on the daily menu. I want you to hear me today. It was not on the daily menu just like the number one at McDonald's. Lamb was not something that was consumed haphazardly. Lamb was not something that, that was just on the menu and said, oh, you want extra lamb with that? Let's put some lamb with that. Or you want to do this? Let's just have this. No, a lamb was set apart for a purpose. A lamb was not meant to be abused. Mm. A lamb was not meant to go through the motions. A lamb was not meant to be put on the meal and just, oh, hum, go throughout your day. No, a lamb was prepared a specific way for a specific purpose. A lamb was set apart for sacrifice. A lamb was set apart for worship. A lamb was set apart for our sins. I'm here to tell you today, when we come into the house of God and we say, now behold the lamb, I pray that we don't abuse the lamb, that we take, make light of the lamb, that we just go through the motions with the lamb. But oh, I wish 
wish somebody would put down deep in their heart and say, now, behold, the Lamb of God. It is not something to be put lightly. It is not something that we just do haphazardly. But when I come into the house of God and begin to pray, I mean business. I want to say, God, I'm here to listen to you as you listen to me. The Lamb of John the Baptist, he said, now, behold, the Lamb. He was saying, this is something to pay attention to. This is an important occasion. This is a moment that you cannot uh, you cannot uh, try to disparage. This is something that you cannot uh, uh, look away from and say it's no importance. But I'm here to tell you today, that day when Jesus came to this earth and when he walked uh, through the portals of the unknown to the known and became the invisible to the visible or became visible to the invisible, I'm here to tell you that he did not do that haphazardly. He didn't walk in saying, well, I hope they receive me well I hope things work out no he says I'm coming to this earth to declare that I am the king of glory and I'm going to wash away the sins of humanity so John the Baptist says now behold the lamb behold the lamb of God Jews at that time understood what John the Baptist was declaring when he talked about the lamb the ordinary person meat was not on that daily menu, but it was only used for special occasions of rejoicing. Somebody say rejoicing. And when a feast was prepared, a wedding supper, or when a guest of honor was being entertained, it was not something, it was like the fine china in the cabinet. You don't bring that out just when, when, when the kids want to eat. We bring the paper plates out when it's just the common folk are eating, right? But when you have a special guest, it is the lamb that was prepared. I'm here to tell you today, we did not come to hear good music. We did not come just to hear another good message. I come to say now, behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Here's the climate of the church that we take advantage of the lamb. We abuse the lamb. We think that we have just got to prepare the lamb. The Lord is going to prepare itself for me. He's going to do the work, and he's and yes, he does. But I'm here to tell you the word of God is predicated on something. It's on you repenting of your sins and being baptized in his name. And then when God begins to pour out his spirit upon you, then you understand fully the significance of what he has done for you. You understand the significance. The animal was usually cooked as soon as it was killed. And then it was often boiled, although sometimes it was roasted. It was prepared those two ways for a specific reasons. It was not for entertainment. It was not for just say, hey, how you like your lamb today? There was a specific way to approach the lamb. There was a specific way to prepare the way for the lamb to be put on the supper table or upon the meal. There's a certain way we become before the lamb here today. I want to come to him and enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Because why? Because he is good. Somebody say good. Sheep was used in Bible times more than any other animal for sacrifice, sacrificial purposes. A young male lamb was used in most cases as a thanksgiving offering. 
as atonement for transgression or as a redemption of more valuable and of a more valuable animal. The offering of the Passover lamb was the most important religious act of the year. The lamb had to be a male, which was selected after, uh, after a minute ex examination in order that it be free from any blemish. It has to be a first year lamb. It was killed on the 14th of the month after the Babylonian captivity of Nisan, after the equivalent, about the equivalent of our April. And the blood was spread Sprinkled with hyssop. Somebody say hyssop. Hyssop was a as a branch of some sort, and they would dip that hyssop branch in the blood, and they would sprinkle or smear that blood upon the doorpost. The meat was roasted, somebody say, with fire, rather than boiled, and not a bone was broken, as a customary when it was boiled. It was eaten by the entire household in the spirit of haste. Somebody say haste, as if a journey was being started. How do we treat the lamb? How do we come before him with prayer? Do we go to him with haste and say, Lord, I'm, I'm preparing something for me today. I need to eat your word. I need to take the lamb and, be, and speak to me with haste. And let me speak to you with haste. Let me desire the sincere milk of the word that I may be sustained through what is coming in my life. Now, behold, the lamb. The meat was roasted. Not a bone was broken. It was carefully prepared. The entire household ate of that lamb of haste as if a journey has already been started. We find that the, uh, the uh, Israelites were in that room with that lamb. And in that time of that four days, they would take turns uh, inspecting that lamb. Because if that lamb had a blemish, they would go out and get another one. If that lamb was not properly uh, adhered to, if that lamb was not properly uh, delivered unto them, or, or if they got the wrong lamb, it was there to them to go and get another lamb. There's a lot of lambs in this world that feel like you should worship, but I'm here to, you better examine the lamb of God. Examine his word and make sure today, make your election sure that this is the lamb that was slain. Make sure that he is that lamb without spot or blemish because there's a lot of things in this world that will declare it's a lamb but it's nothing but a but fruit unfruitfulness and dirty and vile in this world i'm thankful today that i serve a spotless lamb i've examined the scriptures i've examined my walk with him and i'm here to testify that he is without spot he is exactly who he says he is he is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He is the spotless, sinless lamb of God. I don't serve a God that's full of spots. Serve a God that's full of disease. He is free of disease. He is free of turmoil. He is free of heartache and shame and pain because I don't want to serve a God of this world that will bring those things to me. I want to serve a God that brings love and peace and joy and a sound mind. Behold the Lamb. Of God. Find that lambs were more 
than just sacrifice. Because if you consume that sacrifice of a meal, it will last you for a little while. Yes, but the Bible teaches us that milk from the sheep is especially rich. And in the Orient and in Asia and in Jewish custom is considered to be one of more valuable than of a cattle or a cow. Milk is seldom drunk in its fresh condition, but rather is made into Laban, or if you will, or into like a milk or a cheese, if you will. Buttermilk is also much needed in our diet. How many like buttermilk ranch? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I'm just teasing. Milk was there for sustaining power. The Bible teaches us when Jesus came, did Jesus come, he was just going to eat something and drink something. He said his diet will be butter and honey. And guess where that butter comes from? It comes from milk. It comes from richness of milk. I'm here to tell you today, I don't serve a God that just doesn't know how to make things happen. So when John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God, he was talking about a sustaining power that's about to come. A provision power is walking down. Your sin that, is, that you have committed this world is about to be washed away through this Lamb. Yeah. Mm. The horns of rams are considered to be a great value. A horn of a ram, which is a lamb, a male lamb, growers of sheep have endeavored to develop a hornless breed. But in the east, the horns are thought as the most important part of an animal. The ram's horn has been used chiefly as a vessel in which liquids have been carried. If you understand any kind of history in the Old Testament, the prophet would take a horn and he would put oil in it to anoint the next king. That Where did that horn come from? It come from a lamb. I'm here to tell you today, I don't take my victory from the things of this world or what I have done. I carry the victory of what God has done for me. And in that horn of victory, there is an anointing that should flow and that we should be able to pour out on somebody else. Uh, I'm here to tell you today there is lamb. Uh, there is more to than just an animal with four legs and two eyes. The Lord produced and made a lamb uh, and then he became that spotless lamb. Every part of that lamb, I said every part of that lamb is there to sustain us and to keep us. The ram's horn has been chiefly used as a vessel that would hold anointing oil or oil or even water for the purpose of being a provision, to being a, to quench our thirst, to be there to anoint us, to anoint someone king. It was the large end of the horn as to its as as as, as so as to close, and sometimes it was covered with a raw hide to keep it in its place, to keep the 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 entrance or that plug in place. They would put rawhide of the skin of that lamb over top of that horn to keep that oil in place. It is the provision of the lamb that kept what's in the lamb. 
It's not me that keeps what him going. It's not what I do. It's what the lamb does. It's what he does. He keeps, he keeps on producing in himself protection and keeps in himself. I'm here to tell you today the word of God and the presence of God and the things of God have been tested throughout time. But I'm thankful that the word will stand for itself. It doesn't need me to stand for it. It will provide its own provision, if you will. The ram's horn was used in the Bible times to carry oil. Samuel was told to take his horn of the oil and anoint David to be the future king. Solomon was anointed king by the oil and the horn of Zadok, the priest. Reference has already been made to this, but to the shepherd's use of oil with his sheep. This was carried in a ram's horn. In order to tend to the sheep, he needed a sheep instrument. As a pastor, I cannot properly shepherd the sheep without an instrument from the shepherd or an instrument for the sheep. I'm here to tell you today, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ, I need him to sustain the sheep. I cannot, as a pastor, go without anointing. I can't go without the word of God. I can't go without the presence of God. It takes what's in my being. It takes the horn. It takes the anointing that comes. Come from the sheep to be anointed on the sheep. Hope that made sense. The ram's horn was also made into a trumpet. It's been called the Jews of Shofar. The Mosaic law called for the sounding of ram's horns at certain times. Each year of Jubilee was ushered in by the blowing of these horns. The Bible says in Leviticus 25, Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. And in the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. In connection with the Feast of Trumpets, there was, was to be a day of blowing the trumpets. And guess what's going to happen when the dead in Christ shall rise first? Uh, there's going to be a trump of a sound uh, of a ram's horn. It's going to be a lamb calling for the sheep to come back to him. Mm. The Bible says also the trumpets were also used to signal together, together God's people. Now, we don't have a ram's horn in here. And I'd prefer not to have somebody sound a horn before service starts. So don't get any ideas about coming with a shofar. It has its proper place in, 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 in the understanding of Scripture. But the ram's horn trumpet measures in about 18 inches long and is in one piece. Somebody say one piece. The ram's horn was not to be broken. It was not to be pierced. The only place it was pierced would be the place to pour the oil in and pour the oil out. It is made from the left horn of a fat-tailed sheep. Somebody say fat-tailed. I did a lot of study on sheep, so y'all just have to bear with me for a little bit. Which is not spiral, but flattish, curved backwards and forming nearly a circle and point passing under the ear. So it looked like this. This structure added to the large size of the horn adapts it well for its purpose that, that they use for a trumpet. In order to bring it into proper shape, the horn is softened by heat and hot water and then molded into a very form which was used by the Jewish priest. Even the horn in order to declare victory, was put through the fire and put through the flood, if you will. Mm. 
A place of victory is not made until it goes through a little bit of water and it comes through a little bit of heat. I'm hearing a bunch of people here today that has been through the fire and you've been through the flood, but you're coming out on the other side saying, I declare victory in Jesus' name. Behold the Lamb of God. I did some more study. Everybody say he did more study. Glad you said that because I did. I won't go into much more of the lamb, but there was something very powerful. I was at the Bible bookstore yesterday. Lifeway Christian bookstore is about to go under. There's closing all the stores, so we had to get up there, pray over that store. And, uh, and uh, so they're, they're, they're going to close. They didn't say when they're going to close, but I began to look. And I begin to go through some Bibles and different things. And I come across a Bible. It's called the Archaeology Bible. And I begin to look through some scriptures and on this, on this topic. And, and the Archaeology Bible, it's an incredible Bible in the way it views. And I begin to share a little about what sheep and goats were good for. And it talked about all the different principles and different things that were applied. And it began to say that it, even in David, when he was using that harp, it is surmised to say that he used parts of a lamb to build his harp. The outward was made of perhaps wood, but the strings, and forgive me for being so, well, I'm just going to say it. It was the strings at times and most times were made of lamb's intestines. And I begin to think about David as a shepherd sitting on the side of the hill playing a song and writing the book of Psalms and playing strings, understanding it was a lamb. It was a lamb that was crying out for worship. It was a lamb that soothed the ears of Saul. It was a lamb that calmed the seas. It was a lamb that calmed the nerves of Saul. It was not just David. He was playing the, the innards, if you will. The Bible calls them gut strings. If you come across that gut string, what a gut string is, it is the ventils or the, the intestines of a lamb. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying everything that the lamb is is for the outward expression of declaring the goodness of now behold the lamb. Our worship should be of the lamb. It should come from our core. It should come from our bosom or come from our guts, if you will. When you, you can understand and see when people are, are worshiping just up on the outside and they're just trying to appease their flesh. But then there's another level of worship when it comes from the inside. I said there's another type of level of worship when it comes from the inside. I wonder what John the Baptist, when he declared, now behold the lamb, he was not just saying, hey guys, I um, want to let you know that this man, Jesus, he's the lamb. No, it was coming from the very core of his being. He said, now behold the lamb of God. It's coming from the inside. Everything that the lamb was, was good for sustainment. It was good for meat. It was good for a covering. It was good for sustaining, coming out of bondage. It was good for victory. It was good because it allows you to inspect. It was something that a sheep was meant to be close. It was something that meant to be inspected. It was something that was meant to be used upon notable times in our life. And all throughout history, 
history, we find these symbolizations of a lamb. Why did I preach on these things of a lamb? Because now, behold, the lamb of God, when he went to that cross, I say when he went to that cross, he took everything that represented the lamb, that represented provision, that represented protection, coming out of bondage, all those things that we talked about, all those things. He nailed those things to the cross and he said, now I am making a way of permanent escape for you to come out of darkness and into this marvelous night. So I'm here to tell you today and declare just like John the Baptist to tell you that you may have been going through some dark days and you may have been years without God. But I want to introduce to you Jesus Christ. I want to introduce to you the Lamb of God. And I'm glad he didn't say the Lamb of God. He said, which taketh away the sin of the world. And later on in that scripture, and I'll be coming to a close. In verse number 30 of John chapter number 1. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest. Somebody say manifest. To Israel, therefore am I coming, come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. Now picture, if you will, a dove coming down from heaven a spirit like a dove the spirit came down not a physical dove but a spirit like a dove would begin to be coming down spirit ascending descending from heaven like a dove and abode on him and it says in verse number 33 I knew him not but he that sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me upon uh, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and somebody say that next word it's a very important part of that scripture. I'm thankful that I don't just serve at God that once in a while just kind of goes through the motions and is filled, filled with the Spirit. The Bible says uh, the Spirit of God descending and remaining. I said, and remaining. I'm thankful that I have a God that likes to remain. I'm thankful I have a God that wants to live with you and remain. That he wants to desire to sup with you and commune with you. Bible says, and remaining on him the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. Nowhere else in Scripture until after the day of Pentecost. And never do we see the Spirit descending and remaining before. Nowhere else in the Old Testament did the Bible say the Spirit came down and then remained on a prophet. The Bible says the Spirit would come down for a moment and anoint, and then the Spirit would be lifted up. But when Jesus came, the Spirit came down and remained. And guess what? When God, when he took that to the cross, he rent the tent, the tent in two, the tabernacle in two, and he said, now, the same remaining spirit that I have, I want to give to you. I want to take that thing. And you don't have to go through the motions. You don't have to hope that I show up today or tomorrow. But I want to remain in you. Now, behold, the lamb. Somebody say the lamb. You stand with me right now. The Lamb of God is in this room right now. I said the Lamb of God is in this room right now. If you need victory, 
go to the lamb. <laughs> if you feel weak, go to the lamb. If you feel as though you're in bondage and you can't get out, it's time to apply the blood of the lamb. If you need, you feel like that you want to sing unto the Lord a new song, get with the lamb. I said get with the lamb. If you want the word of God, which is the good meat or the bread of life, get with the lamb. If you want to grow with Jesus, get the lamb into your home. Sustain your family with the lamb. Keep close to the lamb. Inspect the word of God. Don't rely on the pastor to preach a message, and that's the only meat you get from the lamb. But I'm here to tell you, you need to rightly divide the word yourself and inspect the wool of that lamb and let that lamb be sacrificed for you. And then you can say, now, behold, the lamb that took away the sin of this man. Mm. Now, behold. Makes me think twice about praying. Come to an altar. All the provision. The Bible says, David said, the book of Psalms, he prepares the table for me in the presence of mine enemies. What was all the things on that table produced by? In a spiritual sense, it was the lamb. I said it was the lamb. It was the lamb. You need victory. You need healing. You need deliverance. Behold the lamb. I said behold the lamb. Whatever you need today, it is found in the Lamb of God. If you need baptized in Jesus' name, we'll be happy to baptize you right now in the name of Jesus. Because you are baptized into the provision, into the help, if you will. The guiding power of God. Leviticus chapter number 16 talks about a scapegoat. You didn't know that was in scripture, did you? About a scapegoat that they would allow one lamb shall be let go and let go into the wilderness. Moses had ordered that the scapegoat should be taken out into the wilderness and turned loose. But in order to prevent its return to Jerusalem, it became customary to lead the creature to the height of a mountain where it was pushed over and would be certainly killed. This was a symbol of forgiveness of the sin through the sacrifice of Christ. Although John the Baptist spoke of Jesus as the Lamb of God, it may have been had in mind also the picture of the scapegoat. Behold the Lamb that is slain from the foundation of the world. He said, this is the one that's come to die. This is the one that has come to die for us. I'm so thankful that he did die for us. Thankful today that I have a name that is above every name. That his name is Jesus. Let's raise our hands across this place. And whatever you need today, whether it's a job, health, provision, 
family situation, I want to introduce you again to Jesus as John the Baptist did and say, now behold the Lamb of God. Come on, let's love the Lord right now. Let's begin to worship. Back some singers come and help us sing right now. As we- Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.